Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's episode of Radio Free Professional Wrestling. Sorry for a no-show last week. I was a little bit under the weather, but never fear. The stunning one is here. I'm alongside Jake from the Windy City. Jake, how are you doing? Stunning, Sean. It is great to talk to you again. Uh, it's great that you're feeling better. And I've had uh, a hell of a time past couple weeks. It's been fun and a uh, be- beautiful day today. Really looking forward to what's in store for this episode so let's have fun man oh this is gonna be one fantastic episode of ray free professional wrestling oh i'm looking forward to it this is your radio free pro wrestling control center all the wrestling news you need to know okay jake we finally got the second quarter earning update from the wwe as they were posting this a little bit later than normal as they were wrapping through the investigation and the investigation is still going on with Vincent Man. As we were away last week, it was uncovered there was another couple of million dollars was brought up the total now to nineteen point five million dollars. That's unconfirmed payments that are trying to figure out where in the world it came from. Yeah, I mean we've been hearing some the craziest news like each and every week and it seems like it's this this figure just keeps on growing and growing and growing and just still hearing the stories of uh, what mcmahon has been spending uh throughout the years even going way back to the 2000s so it looks like this figure is going to keep on growing and uh it's interesting because uh there was the conference call today for their earnings report and stephanie mcmahon levesque began the call with analysts uh, praising her father and noting he had retired without delving into the reasons why he was stepping away. Uh, She emphasized the new team of herself with Nick Khan uh, and her husband, Triple H, Paul Levesque, and positioned the three of them as being influenced by WWE from a young age. And, uh, you know, Nick Khan remains extremely bullish on the company's next round of negotiations for its U.S. media rights and believes the addition of tech companies adding live event content to their streaming platforms will only enhance their position. Um, They're working with a lot of different stuff right now. And uh, I mean, it's interesting because there was the report yesterday and I read from PW Insiders that uh, WWE has its concerns uh, about how the company will go forward financially uh, without Vince uh, at the at, at the front helm. So uh, seeing that a recent SEC report. So a lot going on. Exactly. I mean, Triple H was talking about this investor meeting as well, where he was highlighting the success of the NIL program they had. So far, in the first half of 2022, they have signed 50 athletes and are looking to sign another 50, try to get that total up to around 100 or so. He also said that the pre-sale for WrestleMania coming out to Los Angeles is at 80% bought already, given it's only been out for like a week now, which is kind of crazy to see. Mm-hmm. They trumpeted the success of the first day of ticket sales for Mania 39 next April, knowing that over 90,000 tickets were sold within the first 24 hours. That is an amazing figure and uh, definitely still looking optimistic uh, for for what the future is ahead. Uh, I should also mention during the Q&A that there were no direct questions uh, regarding Vince McMahon nor a timetable for the conclusion of the investigation. What you got to think about, Jake, is probably the best is leave that to the legal team as they still try to go through all the discovery because they're still in the discovery phase of this investigation we still don't know what the true result is going to be mm-hmm. yeah i agree with that another thing that came out of this uh, second quarter earnings report was triple h talking about his booking strategy and how it's going to go forward in this new regime and he's talking about while well, he's been in professional wrestling for 30 plus years he feels like he has the best team around him and it's getting back to basically what he calls the basis having really good characters putting them in really good storylines and 
seeing how the fans react and just going on the fans' reaction. It has reflected that upon the past couple of weeks of TV and how the ratings uh, and seeing the ratings results uh, as a result of it. And it definitely served them well um, and saw parts of it. Like it definitely reached a high last night uh, with Monday Night Raw. Definitely seeing Triple H's uh, fingerprints on the program. Uh, just uh, amazing promos uh, from the talent. Simple, cohesive storylines. Just like a wonderful matches as well, especially that um, a tremendous performance from Oscar t- uh, last night. Uh, it was it really served them well. So I'm putting it with a, a strain of caution, but overall it served them well. Well, Jake, we're gonna leave the conference information there as we go over to our next news item. As the past couple of weeks, New Japan Pro Wrestling has had one of their G1 tournaments. This has been a more, I want to say, lackluster G1 tournament. It's not up to the hype level as a lot of the recent G1 tournaments have been. But we finally got the final four. And three names are basically symbolic with the finals of the G1. It's Will Ospreay, Okada, and Naito. Mm-hmm. And they added Tana Tonga as the fourth person. He's going to face Okada in one semifinal. And you got Naito versus Will Ospreay in the other final with those two people meeting on, I do believe, Thursday morning, our time. And uh, we saw some of the results. Uh, it's the 11th night of the tournament. It took place this morning. Uh, you can see uh, Will Osprey had a really good match against uh, Juice Robinson. Obviously, Kazuchika Okada defeated Lance Archer. And yeah, I mean, I, I was kind of surprised that uh, Kazuchika Okada uh, won uh, the A block, uh, considering that uh, he has a lot going on in his personal life. Uh, he's going he's gonna to be becoming a father. But still, like, you know, he, I mean, he's Okada. I mean, he can still do whatever he wants, whatever he wants uh, in the ring. So, yeah, uh, overall, uh, been trying to keep up with, with the G1. I'm still far behind, uh, unfortunately, uh, because it's been a, it's been a struggle considering the, um, the lack of enthusiasm uh, from the fans. Uh, I know that uh, there were, there are many restrictions still in place as far as fans in Japan, but it definitely affected my enjoyment for a little bit and still trying to catch up and there's still uh i would consider a match of the year contender from this g1 i really like night 12 with shingo takagi and will osprey in uh, in that 20 in that 22 minute match it was a fantastic match uh both aggressive both high flying it was it was a it still really served them well so yeah overall i i kind of like this new format uh with four blocks uh because uh, as a result of it there's no longer will be too many matches in these individual days i I gotta say it really helped them along the way what are your thoughts on that sean you know this four block setup they had this year was one of the big controversies coming into this year's g1 actually i kind of like it and i like the fact that it gives them an opportunity to take somebody who's in the upper mid card like a tamatanga and Mm -hmm. push him in a block and i got a feeling if i was new japan i would let him beat okada having a clean pinfall victory over okada will push this guy into the main event scene and i feel like they need fresh young talent i was really happy that uh, filthy tom lawler uh, one of my favorites finally made his debut here on the G1. Uh, <laughs> you know, he had this uh, great interview with uh, John Pollock and waiting uh, at post wrestling, uh, seeing how it would go for him. And uh, overall, like he had a great performance, especially with the with some of the weird matches against uh, Toriano and Bad Luck Fale. But still, I mean, he was pretty impressive and you can tell that he took it seriously. He took this opportunity and really showed how efficient he is, um, how he still uh, attached his moveset and 
really done works for him. Exactly, Jake. Now, we're going to have our thoughts about this week's finals come up next week on Radio Free Professional Wrestling. We're going to leave this here as we move on to the third story. As the WWE has announced that Trish Stratus is going to be at two house shows in the Ontario area on mm-hmm. August 20th and 21st. One being in Kingston, Ontario. The other one being in London, Ontario. If you're lucky enough, I would literally go out to see Trish. Yeah. If you're living in the Ontario area, go out of your way. Um, I'm very curious about this. Uh, uh, interesting that Trish will come back and do some house shows. Um, do you think this will lead anything uh, on the screen in television? You know, I would like to see Trish come back for a few matches, especially if Triple H is bringing up more NSC talent. Because, I mean, there's Kaylee Lee Ray. I mean, there's still this Alessa Bliss Trish Stratus match that we could have as well. The, I think the last time she wrestled was uh, SummerSlam a couple years ago. I believe it was against Charlotte. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, and that was pretty good. So um, hopefully she'll make more of a presence here in the WWE. Exactly. I feel like she could be a good investor for the company. And if she wanted to do more stuff with the WWE, I would literally sign her up as an investor for the company. Absolutely. Uh, she can she can be a tremendous coach for the younger women in, uh, on the roster. Even helps some NXT talent down in Orlando. So yeah, I'm curious to see uh, what goes on and uh, if she continues to be in this capacity. Okay, Jake, we're going to leave it there as we move on to our next story. And a very surprising story to myself, as I watched last week's episode of AEW Rampage and found it was kind of mediocre except for a really awesome Daniel Bryan segment. But they brought in one... Bryan Danielson, man. Come on. <laughs> okay, Bryan Danielson. I'm sorry. It's the <laughs> WWE programming. I'm sorry. <laughs> we already passed it. It's almost a year. <laughs> I'm just playing with you, man. <laughs> Anyhow, Rampage brought in 526,000 viewers with a .17 in the key demo, which is 18 to 49. This is the best rating they had for Rampage since April. Uh, I really like that promo. With him and Garcia, uh, you know, Brian was kind of like that angry dad, uh, just scolding his, uh, just scolding his, uh, his son, <laughs> which is kind of, kind of, kind of had the correlation with that. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it was a decent rampage. Um, I mean, to be honest with you, like I've been in and out with rampage, especially since it's on a, it's on Friday nights. Uh, I got stuff to do on Friday nights, and the thing is, is that uh, there are some good stuff on on rampage but i think the issue is that uh is that creative is not really uh doing some newsworthy stuffs but newsworthy um elements in, on rampage uh if you if you understand what i'm saying kind of like kind of like when cm punk made his AEW debut on rampage which i was at at the united center that second episode of rampage back on august 20th of last year i mean looking back i don't think it if CM Punk were to debut now during this time, I don't think Tony Khan would have booked it on Rampage. Looking back at it, so <laughs> he, he he would probably save it for for Dynamite. You know, I think you're right about that, Jake. I feel like now, for lack of a better term, Rampage is basically the B show. They have admitted Rampage is the B show between Dynamite and Rampage. And if you had a Megastar of a CM Punk level, I would feel like they would debut on Dynamite now. Absolutely. But it, it's kind of cool that uh, the A talent is still making some appearances on Rampage and that they're still uh, they still they would still like to make that show relevant. Um, so but uh, I mean, to be honest with you, I w- if Ring of Honor is looking for uh, a TV time slot, I would just replace that. I, I w- yeah, I would replace uh, Rampage with a Ring of Honor weekly weekly television show, to be honest. 
Well, my solution I was going to offer you, Jake, was this match we're going to have coming up this evening between Brian Danielson and Garcia. I would put that as this sole match on Rampage since it's two out of three falls and give them like 40 minutes. Absolutely. Like, it could just fill out the entire 60 minutes. Since, like, you know, two out of three falls, like, what else are you going to put in, <laughs> put in that uh, show anyway? So, and it would be a, a tremendous ball burner of a match. And you could hype this thing up on Dynamite, going like, hey, we got one match. It's going to go the full length of the show. And I feel like if you do that every now and then, you can actually drive the ratings to Rampage. And I feel like they want to have both shows on some kind of even level. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. If they want to have an even level, you got to promote it heavily. Uh, if you want some newsworthy stuff on Rampage. It's definitely that Tony Khan should definitely look at and consider. Okay, Jake, our very last story of the week concerns a possible AEW talent as everybody has fallen in love with the Japanese import from DDT. He has spent the last three months here in the United States and traveling over to England. He's wrestled for progress this past weekend. And they have reporters have asked him what his future he wants to do. You say Takeshita? And he says he has no interest in the WWE. He wants to go back and wrestle for AEW again, which is kind of surprising because I wouldn't be announcing that be like wanting to play both against each other nah that's that that's the best uh, um move that i would say uh for him uh because like you know we, we know the history of wwe as regards to japanese talents uh with, with the exception of maybe nakamura and asuka but uh yeah i mean if if Takesha wants to have that freedom and to have that uh uh that uh maintain that balance of schedule and having fun matches i would definitely just uh as of right now just stick with AEW whenever he comes back here to the united states I know one thing, Jake. The guy is freaking awesome, and somebody needs to sign him up for his North American appearances. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. He should be an exclusive to AEW here in North America. I mean, he had that tremendous match uh, at Rampage a couple weeks ago against uh, Claudio Castagnoli uh, for the Ring of Honor uh, world title, and that that finally got behind Takeshita in that match. Uh, at first, I-, I wasn't sure what to think of him, but he definitely got my eyes open and he is a tremendous talent well versatile just pure awesome in the squared circle uh yeah i mean he moves very well he reminds me of a probably like a younger uh tanahashi i can see that i was going to say he reminds me of a young juicy liger because i mean he does have a lot of lucha moves and stuff and but he also has his size and powers absolutely so if he's not interested in in a wwe run so i mean good for him Okay, Jake, one final story. As you brought to my attention over our absence last week, The Rock is teaming up with Vice TV and the people from the dark side of the ring to form a new TV show, Tales from the Territory. Yes, so this series uh, is from Dark Side of the Rings, Evan Husney and Jason Eisner, the creators of the show, along with Dwayne Johnson's Seven Bucks Productions. Uh, Johnson, um, Danny Garcia, Brian Gewertz will serve as the executive producers alongside Evan Husney and Jason Eisner. This series will take viewers back to the golden age of professional wrestling, quote unquote, when the industry was divided into local regional territories. Amid reports of Dark Side of the Ring not being renewed, they are committed to this new show from Seven Bucks Productions and the Dark Side of the Ring uh, guys. And uh, a trailer has been released um, last week. There were interviews from Bret Hart, Abdullah the Butcher uh, uh, that were featured 
uh, in the trailer. Jim Ross uh, also revealed on his podcast that he was going to be involved in a Tales from the Territories episode, looking back at Mid-South Wrestling with Jake Roberts, Michael Hayes, and Ted DiBiase. I am very looking forward uh, to this docuseries. If it, it, if it is going to replace the wonderfulness that is Dark Side of the Ring, that is going to be, if it is going to be taking a break, uh, I think this will be a great replacement uh, as of right now. I'm very curious uh, if there, um, what the format is going to be to see if they're going to cover different territories for each episode uh you know the territory system is still a relatively new uh genre to me you know it's uh i was born in 1997 so it's like way before my time but having education and knowing the history of professional wrestling especially i i do recommend this wonderful book by tim hornbaker called the death of the territories which is a wonderful book uh looking back at the the regional territories and how Vince McMahon expanded his local his local regional territory and expanded into a worldwide entertainment phenomenon previously based in New York City. So I hope uh, this show will will we'll have episodes covering AWA, Mid South, World Class Championship Wrestling, uh, especially Jim Crockett Promotions, which I'm oh, they'll uh, I'm pretty sure they will cover. Uh, how about you, Sean? Uh, uh, what are your thoughts on what they're going to do on on this show? You know, there's a lot of good things they could possibly do. I mean, especially if you look at this era during the 80s, because you could have, like, people like J.J. Dillon talk about his times in Mid-Atlanta, Georgia Championship Wrestling. Oh, my God, can you imagine them sitting down with Jim Cornette for, like, a show about Smoky Mountain Wrestling? Yes, that's one that uh, I would like to see. Is I really hope that Jim Cornette will be involved in every episode, to be honest with you. Uh, if he's not, then I, I totally... Uh, I, I would totally believe that this that would be a massive ball dropper because you know Jim Cornette has every known uh, you know uh, known memorabilia uh, about the territories and and has all the facts has all the the house show numbers uh, all the you know all the money that was drawn uh, all the the information of how money was drawn back in the day so yeah I mean uh, it's a good thing that uh, Dwayne Johnson is involved with this so you can finally get uh, more WWE contracted talent and legends. Uh, onto the show, uh, which wasn't the case for Dark Side of the Ring. Uh, so yeah, I'm really looking forward to uh, the show. Well, Jake, we're going to wrap up the news this week, and we're going to slide right into the Stunning Six Questions. It's time for the Stunning Six Questions. All the wise and what have they done now? Hopefully Sean and Jake can figure it out. Okay, Jake, our very first question, we're flying back to what we were talking about at the main news story. How do you feel three weeks into... Triple H taking over the reins of WWE Creative. Before this, I was feeling like Raw was something you could skim through. Now Raw is becoming almost must-see TV. I gotta say, it, it's been an improvement. Uh, it, it wasn't perfect, but then again, you know, I, I pretty much dropped off watching WWE over the last year uh, until I started uh, co-hosting the show with you. And last night, it really, it really got my hopes up uh, for the future of this product. Uh, I am really happy of what this show has has made improvements on well you can tell that uh, they're focusing more on more of a well-versed in-ring product and another factor is we all we always joke about uh the wrestling terms that vince doesn't like and we'll and we'll just ban those and <laughs> we finally found out uh, through cultaholic that uh yes you know professional wrestling will no longer be a banned term and we saw that last night in that drew mcintyre kevin owens promo saying that 
you know, we're here, we're wrestlers, and we're going to be, in, and we're here in a wrestling ring, and let's freaking wrestle. <laughs> that was just, you know, wonderful. Exactly. I mean, we're coming off of SmackDown where we saw Gunther versus Shinsuke Nakamura, and we slide into this Raw where we get AJ Styles versus Bobby Lashley for the very first time ever, even though I was trying to rock my brain like, did they ever wrestle in TNA? And I couldn't think if they did or not. But we also got Drew McIntyre versus Kevin Owens. There's two very big matches on this Raw that normally would never happen. Mm -hmm. You know, regarding the Bobby Lashley versus the AJ Styles match for the U.S. title, the presentation of this match was terrific. Uh, the production team did a really nice job with the brief video package that helped make this title, the United States Championship, stand out as special. I mean, I mean, you can tell that Triple H wants to make the titles relevant again, which I'm really happy that he's he's going out of his way to do so because, you know, the past several years, the, the titles have meant nothing i mean i don't know if you agree with me but you know it's like outside of the undertaker's streak it's like you know that the belts have you know just relegated to just worthlessness uh you know uh watching last night it should feel meaningful whenever a title is defended and not just not just like every other match on the show the actual match had a couple of awkward moments and yet it also felt like a pay-per-view worthy uh match in that it was a first time match involving two high-end talents it, it, it was tremendous it was interesting to see uh miz and champa come out and didn't really factor into anything though i assume that you know dexter loomis popped up when he did because he is after one of them, though I can't rule out it that it's a swerve and he's actually targeting AJ Styles. I wouldn't be surprised in that aspect. <laughs> you know, Jake, that was my first spot when I saw Dexter Loomis the first week he made his appearance. And I'm thinking, you know what? I wouldn't mind seeing AJ Styles versus Dexter Loomis. I mean, it's a match that we never seen before. And I know for sure they probably didn't wrestle in TNA when he was Sam Shaw. It's refreshing to see how Raw and SmackDown has changed this a little bit. And all it needed was just a sprinkling of a different viewpoint. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely agree with that. Uh, also, uh, the Seth Rollins and Riddle segment. Uh, Rollins did a really nice job of setting the table for Riddle to announce that he's been medically cleared. Uh, and Riddle, uh, in his you know quote unquote uh, home, looked at in his home, but actually made a swerve that he that that he was at the building, uh, and just came out and beat the living crap out of Seth Rollins and made him uh, run like a scalded dog, as uh, Jr. used to call used to say back in the day. Uh, Riddle was still a, a lovable stoner, but you know his tone has taken a more serious turn. Uh, I'm really happy. Uh, I'm really happy that Riddle is becoming more serious. Uh, is taking his uh, his uh, his storyline here with Rollins more serious. I can't rule out that he's taking this approach to the tone of this feud, but I'm hopeful that it's a change that will stick because he seems like more of a single star rather than a Randy Orton fanboy. I was really satisfied with how this turned out. You know, Jake, I really have enjoyed Riddle over the last few months of this summer as he's kind of become more serious and they're slowly taking him away from Randy Orton. Well, one reason they had to was because Orton got injured, but I still think that Riddle can be a main event player on his own. He doesn't need a person like Randy Orton to carry him through a match, and a more serious, vicious Riddle would be something that I would want to watch on TV. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So um, it'll be a great improvement on the presentation of his character, his gimmick. That This is the, the Riddle that I've been waiting for. Uh, to see him uh, more aggressive, uh, more serious, 
uh, against his opponents, having more cohesive, simple storylines that would uh, that would catch the eyeballs of viewers. So really looking forward to see how this plays out. Exactly, Jake. We're going to leave it there as we slide over to stunning question number two. Which of the recent WWE returns have you enjoyed the most? be honest with you, it was Hit Row. Uh, I know it was uh, without Strickland. Uh, it was without a swerve, uh, I should say. But they were my favorite part of NXT 2.0 <laughs> uh, last year. So I was really happy to see them back. Well, you know, I felt bad for them when they got released because I'm like, they literally got brought up one week. And inside that same seven-day period, all three members plus Swerve got released. I'm going like, if you're going to do that, why don't you just leave them in NXT and let them be the hill stable down there? Yeah, exactly. You know, they 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 dropped the ball on them big time. You know, just to just let them hang over there and uh, at uh, at 2.0, let them develop their characters, let them develop their promos, let them develop uh, their charismatic capabilities. So exactly, I mean. Yeah, I mean, I was really disappointed when they were released initially uh, that first round. So, but yeah, I'm really happy to see them back and really looking forward to what uh, to what Triple H has in store for them. Well, with this new package of the three of them, I kind of feel like they got a chance to, in this SmackDown tag division to do something. And it gives you another tag team to put on Friday nights so we don't see the New Day versus the Viking Raiders every other week. It fills out that tag team division. You know, it's like we always see the same matches, matches like every single week. So hopefully this adds some substance uh, to the SmackDown tag division. And uh, who knows? Maybe maybe they will face the Usos uh, down the road. So we'll see where it goes from here. Okay, personally, the return I have enjoyed the most is Dakota Kai, as she has yes with this trio with her belly and EO Sky. I felt like Dakota Kai had a lot to offer as a singles talent on the main roster, especially coming from the run she had as a heel in NST. She's a great wrestler, and she's finally getting an opportunity to be on the main roster. Yep, exactly. We just saw her last night uh, with a match against Dana Brooke. A uh, quick and painless showcase win for for uh, Dakota. You know, that's, that's an observation. I'm really happy with how it turned out. And yeah, she's a tremendous talent. Uh, you know, you know, I I, I think I saw her live at an NXT uh, takeover show uh, when they were at the Allstate Arena. I think it was that I think it was that uh, that War Games card. Seeing her just stand out, uh, she was the one that turned heel, and seeing that character just grow and grow and grow. Uh, really, have uh, I, I'm I feel pretty confident with this trio uh, with um, with EO and Bailey that this would work out for her. Exactly, Jake. Let's move over to stunning question number three as we slide on to AEW. As I have a kind of a problem with AEW at the moment, they just love to defend their interim world title on every show. And I'm getting to a point where I'm like, I don't need a world title match. Let's just save it for down the road. I know they got to get to the point where last week they brought CM Punk back to save the day and we get the face-off between the intern champion John Moxley and CM Punk. We know that's probably the direction they're going to for All Out. I don't need to see another title defense until All Out. Yeah, at least it's not the actual world title that's being defended every week. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about you, but uh, yeah, I, I agree with that. Uh, the problem I have with John Moxley uh, in recent weeks is that, you know, along with the interim well, world title defenses, which I, I agree, I mean, you know, the problem with that is that it just keeps devaluing the title even more, uh, even though it's not the actual the actual championship uh, belt that you know CM Punk has that right now. Yeah, it, it doesn't work. It doesn't work well uh, if it's defended every week. And I think another aspect of that is that like every John Moxley match, 
there's there's color involved and you know it's like every single week there's you know there's there's blading and there's and blood is blood is shown consistently and it just it just keeps happening every week it's like yeah i mean i I love seeing blood when it's when it's natural when it's organic and when it means something but it's just like it's just they crossed the line on that as our as our friend jason agnew uh constantly says you know more is more i mean it, it definitely applies to this to this technicality it's 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 not good like you need it has to mean something it definitely doesn't do that currently it's just a simple fact that they get so many titles they're adding trio titles you could literally have a month where you only see the world champion on aw tv in a match one time and that would be the mm-hmm. perfect number because you got so many people so many titles if you're trying to make all these titles mean something make it a rotation exactly they have a lot of titles as it is already i mean <laughs> I, I i just remember that they have the uh the all-atlantic title uh and opak is currently holding it right now and then not just in aw like in ring of honor i mean they have their own uh six-man tag uh, tag team championship which is how like you know da- dalton castle and his crew so they have their own trios title already so it's like dang <laughs> there's a lot there's a lot there man i think tony khan really needs to be careful or, or else it's gonna go overboard exactly i just feel like he's gonna desensitize us from title matches like we're currently desensitized from blood mm-hmm. exactly okay so we're moving over to study question number four as we look at the wwe return of the women's tag team tournament now if you look at the brackets it's kind of obvious who's going to be in the finals here as we're down to the semifinals with one match coming up on this friday night's episode of friday night smackdown i think all roads leads to the fact that we're going to have dakota kai and eel sky versus probably the two ladies for the nst on the other side Mm -hmm. yeah i I do hope that's uh uh, Sky and uh, that uh, Io Sky and uh, Dakota Kai uh, uh, win it all uh, because uh, even though they they just came back uh, for the past uh, couple weeks, but they already showed that uh, they're capable of of uh, standing out. So you know, overall, I mean, they've done wonders for for this, and uh, yeah, hopefully in the end uh, they'll definitely get there. Now, Grant, this semifinal match between Oscar, Alessa Bliss, and Dakota Kai and Eel Sky coming up next week on Monday Night Raw is going to be something I'm looking forward to. Mm-hmm. I just wish they flipped this bracket around so that could have been a final match. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. Okay, we're heading over to stunning question number five. And you kind of have a personal viewpoint to this story because we're going back to Naomi and Sasha Bates' um, time at C2E2 as fans were paying $130 for their meet and greet and it looked like they couldn't be within eight feet of them. Mm-hmm. So I was there uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. I had a hell of a time at C2E2. Uh, got to meet CM Punk at the Pro Wrestling Tees uh, table. Uh, him and both him and Danhausen were there at the uh, Pro Wrestling Tees uh, table. Uh, I mean, he. I mean, it was not too much. Like you know, I, I had a fun time uh, getting to chat with Punk, uh, getting to meet him for the first time. It was like the boyhood dream has come true. And but yeah, it, it, he was pretty much the only. Um, uh, the only star I asked for both a photo and an autograph from. Um, I, 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 you know, it's interesting because like I saw at the back end of the convention center uh, down at McCormick Place in Chicago. Uh, I saw Mick Foley. Uh, I saw uh, Mercedes Vernado, Sasha, and uh, Trini Fatu, Naomi uh, signing autographs. And I did. I didn't really hear this story until I logged onto the Twitter. Logged onto the Twitter machine uh, later that night. Uh, by, by the end and yeah i mean <laughs> paying 130 dollars to getting getting some distance between feet now granted 
they weren't the only ones uh, that were doing that as well. I mean, it happened with happened with the other uh, with the other big stars as well with Moses Ingram and Vivian Blair, uh, uh, who, as some of you know from Star Wars fame, Obi Wan Kenobi. So, especially with Billy D. Williams, uh, well, actually, Billy D. Williams, uh, they did allow uh, fans to get up close with him and just to hug him. But so, but yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't just you know Sasha and Naomi. It happened for some of the big stars uh, that were get that were guesting at C two E two. I mean, with with Moses Ingram, uh, who. Uh, who was like the biggest villain on on Obi Wan Kenobi? Like they literally had like a barrier uh, between her and um, uh, and uh, uh, the ones who were asking for autographs and the, and the fans. So yeah, I mean to be honest with you, I wasn't surprised. I mean there there were some you know at times fans can be creepy at times, uh, and also we're still in somewhat of a pandemic mode. But uh, yeah, I mean charging a lot for on the other side, you know charging a lot a lot of money for for uh from fans just to get like you know maybe like a, a barrier and or asked for being asked to to have some distance between them um i certainly wouldn't do it and i i definitely didn't and i definitely didn't do it so just just kind of ignored that aspect so i did ha- get an autograph from mick foley uh for my belts which is which uh which is pretty cheap so uh i'm so thankful for him well you know i feel like there should be a happy medium there's like some crazy wrestling fans and i would be like i understand completely you don't want to be like hugging and doing this other thing with these fans but also they are fans they're paying to get in the building to see you at least be kind of like shoulder to shoulder not like maybe throw a football like four or five feet to catch something from you you know what i mean mm-hmm. yeah i get you i mean yeah again i there has to be like a a balance in between uh like you know if i you know if i was doing like an autograph session like i, I would give the fans what they want like you know get a have a good healthy conversation from them that's what cm punk was doing like you know he got the chance to talk with the fans uh it was very was very generous of his time even though that at times yeah there were some some uh long lines uh, at the middle of the convention but uh, yeah he was happy to chat with me chat with some of the other fans especially with dan housen uh with dan housen like he was such a fun he was having such a fun time so <laughs> had a, had one hell of a time and yeah tremendous panels at c2e2 so overall you know kind of unfortunate that we saw that news uh all that news uh regarding sasha and naomi but uh you know hopefully hopefully lessons can be learned um regarding that so hopefully uh not too many fans were vehemently upset but uh you know what can i do exactly i mean i just saw the pictures i'm gonna like if i was one of those fans i'd be kind of gonna like well, I don't feel like I get my $130, but like I was telling you before, I'm like, I can understand the other side of the table here going like, you're some really creepy fans, and the way to take care sure. of that is to make sure you prosecute those idiots to the fullest end of the law. Yeah, you know, that's why there are security guards there. They'll be they'll be very strict, and it, they can be very strict, and they'll just tell you to, to cut it out. But, you know, like, as the stars of the show, I mean, you don't have to be, you know, let, 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 let the... Uh, let the officials handle that and you know don't just just be you know just be more like welcoming to your fans that's all i can say exactly because these are the people that are buying your merchandise these are the people that are watching your tv shows let's make sure they feel special for that 30 90 however long you actually interact with that person yeah exactly okay jake final sunny question of the week number six as we're coming to the evening here 
getting ready for AEW Dynamite. There's a certain trio match on this card, and we only know five of the six people because last week on AEW Dynamite, we saw that Adam Page is not going to be the third member of Team Elite as he's going to be in the corner of the Dark Order as they face off against the House of Black. So are we ready for the return of the one Wing Angel? Are we ready for Kenny Oh My God Omega? So before I, I get there, so I so do you think Hangman, probably Hangman is going to team up with John Silver and uh, Evil Uno? Is that what you uh, see there? Honestly, if I was them, I would let the Dark Order be Hangman free and it's like Hangman be in the corner. Because mm -hmm. I feel like Hangman is above these titles. But you need these titles to go on to somebody good for the first champions. You know what I mean? It could be the House of Black. Right. It could be the, could be the Elite with Omega and the Young Bucks. Okay, cool. That's true. Let, let him be in the corner. Um, let him continue to be uh, a singles competitor. Um, yeah, so here's the thing. Uh, I watched Being the Elite yesterday. Uh, did you get the chance to do so? I did not see this episode this week. Uh, okay. So what happened at the end was that uh, Matt Jackson, uh, at the end segment, uh, Matt Jackson was uh, taking a, a nap in his couch. <laughs> just like I think he was like eating eating Cheetos or or some or some just doing some lazy boy stuff. Uh, he was taking a nap and he got uh, he got waken up uh, by uh, his phone and uh, he was talking and Matt Jackson said, "Are you sure you're ready to do this? You sure you're ready? Uh, you sure you're you want to do this?" Those were the actual quotes. And by the end, it cut out. And the beginning, the beginning second of Kenny Omega's theme music uh, popped up and then went to uh, the closing promo that does every week selling uh, the young with the young bucks selling their merchandise. So that's, you know, we've seen this before, uh, you know, AEW teasing something. Uh, they, they make some sly references. They don't outright tell you that so and so is coming back. You know, we, we you know we we saw this before last year with uh, Sting and Darby Allen mentioning the best in the world. They made that sly reference, and we saw some of the the backstage reports. They didn't outright tell you that CM Punk is coming back, but at the end, they did not swerve you. Uh, CM Punk came out on that night at the United Center, and the fans came home happy. So I think this this will be a similar situation where Kenny Omega might be cleared. You know, it's been, how long has it been? Like eight to nine months already? Like since we sat last uh, saw Kenny? I believe it was Full Gear uh, last year. So this could be the moment that uh, he will team with the Young Bucks. I'm wondering if if um, if he is going to turn babyface here, if this will be the case. You know, Jake, I kind of feel that him returning to this AEW crowd is going to automatically make him a babyface. Mm -hmm. And putting him in this trio like tournament it'll be an easy way for him to get back into the group of wrestling every week or every other week and if he's still not 100 percent, like he said all his injuries stuff he'll probably never be 100 percent really so mm -hmm. it's a good place for him to be is in this trio group trying to go after these trio titles the feud is there sean uh mad nick against bobby fish kyle o'reilly and adam cole uh, we saw the undisputed elite turn on the young bucks this will will cause Kenny to pick a side and uh, most likely align with the Young Bucks. And yeah, this will be a good, you know, baby face versus heel trio, uh, trios feud uh, between between all all of them. This is this. Yeah, this is a natural feud right here. Like, you know, for uh, for maybe all outs or 
maybe for another pay-per-view down the road. Exactly. Once you get the Undisputed Elite back and healthy, you can have a series of pay-per-view matches between the, the six gentlemen, and it would be freaking awesome. It'd be like money-making matches, and yes, I know you want one in Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, selfishly enough, yeah, I do want to see it in Chicago, but uh, yeah, who knows what will happen. So yeah, I definitely want to see it down the road. Uh, It's definitely a moneymaker match right there. You know, the Undisputed Elite against the OG Elite. Yeah, it's it's right there. You know, it'd be kind of like the new Bullet Club versus the old Bullet Club right before they started All Elite Wrestling because they were heading down that road where we were seeing the OG Bullet Club break away from the Elite. And we're going to have that kind of Civil War with the Bullet Club that we never truly got because they came over to AEW and they had it flying out with the right. fan. There is no culmination in that feud. So, yeah, unfortunate because they had to, to, to leave to form AEW. But, uh, I mean, hopefully you can see this feud finally. Okay, Jake, let's just go ahead and wrap this show up here as we tell you what's on tap this evening on AEW TV. What's on tap? The guys give you their picks on what you can't miss this week. And Jake, what you can't miss on TV this week is tonight, because this card is freaking loaded in my personal opinion, as we have the two out of three falls match between Brian Danielson and Garcia. You have Roosh and Dragon Lee and Andre versus the Young Bucks and their mystery partner. You got the Varsity Blonde versus the Gun Club. And the match I'm looking forward to the most, Tony Storm versus Callan King and Davis Frank Williams Harold right now. Ooh. Looking forward to that two out of three falls match with Danielson and Garcia. I mean, and also the you know the best two out of three falls. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really looking forward to this up card. Will take place at Charleston, West Virginia, at the North Charleston Coliseum. Another match to look forward to is the Young Bucks and to be announced uh, against Andrade, Elidolo, Roshan, Dragon Lee uh, in the trios championship tournament first round match, and that's going to be pretty awesome to watch. So. I mean, it looks like it's looks like they're still going all out. No pun intended. AEW still going all out uh, regards their weekly dynamite. So really looking forward to this. Exactly, Jake. And if Tony Khan is listening to this podcast, can we not get the Varsity Bonds a win on TV? Can we not get behind Brian Pillen Jr., please? <laughs> I, I definitely agree with you. So, hey, I mean, at least Julia Hart's uh, Hart's gone from that group, <laughs> so they wouldn't bother. Jake, she's probably in the best position out of the three of them. Yeah, she's in the absolutely. She's in the best position. <laughs> who would have thought? Who would have thunk it? Like, you know, you know, Julia being in a better position than Brian Pillman Jr. It's oh man, you know, I, I really expected better stuff for for Brian Pillman Jr. But you know, that's another rants for another day. Well, Jake, we'll save that rant for another episode of Radio Free for Pressure Wrestling. Sean, thanks for having me along. It's great to be back. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for having us along and inviting us into your homes this afternoon. Uh, you can follow me at Jake Allenar on both Twitter and Instagram. You can find all of my uh, all my takes on professional wrestling as well as the wide world, uh, the real world, uh, as far as movies, comic books, whatever you name it. Uh, just follow me there for some of my takes. And uh, the, the world of wrestling is really exciting right now, Sean. Exactly. You can always follow me on rpw host sean because i'm the host with the most and i always put my hot wrestling takes there you can always follow this show on twitter at real free pw so jake fans until next week i wish you a very freaking stunning week Woohoo! this is sergeant arms of christina on behalf of the guys thanks for listening to today's show 
please head over to Apple Podcast and leave a five-star rating and a review. Until next time, the liberation continues.